0: At a time when you see very few original films from Hollywood mainstream, directors like M. Night Shyamalan are a welcome relief. I've always looked forward to his films and felt that he sometimes gets more criticism than appreciation. Well, some of his films may not be brilliant, but they always have some elements that bear a unique imprint of a filmmaker who loves his craft in all its areas. He's always very passionate about his projects be it a TV series like Wavoured Pines or The Servant, uh, the recent Apple TV release, or small independent movies like Devil or The Visit, or even mainstream stuff like Split or Glass. Uh, After seeing some of his interviews in uh, talk shows, I became fond of his thinking process and have been following his social media for the last few years. And uh, he's someone who passionately shares progress of his projects. Uh, I mean, someone from a mainstream uh, cinema, you often don't see them sharing uh, their projects like it's their uh, first film, or if there's like a sh- student film project. So, uh, Glass was a long time coming. Uh, Unbreakable, back when, I, when we used to watch uh, rental DVD, uh, it was a rental DVD watch for me, and it impressed me with its old-school dynamic. It wasn't until its rise to cult status many years after its release, primarily due to the storm of mainstream superhero films, Marvel and DC, and secondly due to many of its anticipated big releases crashing at the box office. And Shyamalan was often made fun of uh, for churning out one flop after the other, like After Earth, The Happening, Last Airbender and Lady in the Water. I do recall watching uh, Science and uh, Sixth Sense. I wasn't too fond of Sixth Sense, but I really loved Science And uh, I also loved The Village. And uh, we used to have a group, an online Yahoo group of uh, people who are into original uh, soundtracks and often used to share uh, his great scores of, I think James Horner was the one behind uh, The Village. And... And similarly, I mean, I never hated his films as such. Each film used to appeal in some way or the other. Even the badly panned After Earth, I kind of liked it. It had some comic book elements. I, I never got to see the happening. And Lady in the Water was also not that bad as much as it was criticized. And many of his fans often went back to some of his earlier classics and Unbreakable was something which somehow felt in between the, the first few greats, right? like uh, Sixth Sense and The Village and Science and then uh, the later kind of flops. So uh, many of his fans went back to Unbreakable and uh, people just declared it his underappreciated master priest. And uh, thanks to streaming, I I did want to watch it for some time and I revisited it a few months back and I penned my thought as uh, Unbreakable holds great even after almost two decades. A slow burner in classic 70s cinema format, almost like an action film that breathes and soaks in the small elements. Setting, minimalistic cast, camera and a score that love each moment and frame. The comic book wisdom helps too. I did like Split a bit. I mean, there was a, quite a noise about uh, Split being great. and uh, But uh, <laughs> there, there's the but there. I, I somehow am not a big fan of performances. Uh, and uh, uh, James McEwen's performance of uh, playing 23 characters, uh, though it was great, but I, I always look for something else from the film gen- than just mere performances. Uh, I, I do feel... Feel that yeah, Shyamalan did tie the film together, and it it did uh, conclude uh, rather brilliantly. But uh, Split was not something that I celebrated. I much preferred the uh, kind of undersung movie uh, like The Visit, uh, which which I felt was a great uh, horror movie. Uh, it had that rawness to it of of a first time filmmaker. Uh, so. As, as Shyamalan would share bits on social media on the making of Glass, I, I kind of look forward to it. But uh, somehow couldn't catch it in theatres. I, I I think it just went away too soon. Um, so I finally got to watch it and uh, it, it has left me rather perplexed in, in, in a good way. The universe that Shyamalan creates in this trilogy has his signature elements. An intellectual loner's philosophical take on the society from the fringe, their own unique perspective, typical wide angles, cinematic celebration of uh, characters, a play of colour tones, uh, frames that look perfectly storyboarded, and characters that slowly assert their presence on the viewer. I love the opening of CLASS, the build-up to David Dunn in his present act as a security agency head, with his son as a smart, young and energetic partner and puller of strings in some ways. We see Dunn getting into his act quite quick, saving innocent victims from violent acts. He soon crosses paths with James McAvoy's Kevin Trump. And few sequences later, they are in a delicious classic hero versus arch villain showdown. Uh, I mean, this is the part I really loved. I mean, class straight away got to the point and I I love the dynamic of... uh, of David Dunn slowly coming out of the shadows and establishing himself as someone who saves, uh, saves victims in in not in essentially the dark of the night and, and his son was quite a nice touch because the same guy who uh, played uh, the character in in Unbreakable. So uh, as it would happen, see uh, Dunn uh, crosses paths with uh, uh, Kevin and. Uh, there is a there is a great action sequence between them, and and suddenly there are they are in the middle of uh, spotlights of the media, and we soon see them in a correction facility called uh, Ravenhill Memorial, uh, and it's it's almost like the heroics and the comic book adventure looks like a distant dream now. Uh, they are joined in the facility with an almost inanimate Elijah Price who introduces himself as Mr. Glass. You also see the initials MG uh, on the locket that he wears. But this this is not the Mr. Glass of Unbreakable. He's heavily sedated. He's uh, almost uh, not there. And uh, th- this is where I felt the story lags a bit. Uh, There's a lot of time devoted, I mean, not a lot, but some 10-15, good 10-15 minutes to crumbs disorder, uh, showing the dissociative identity disorder and the multiple personalities. And there's a lot of histrionics, uh, those typical scenes of him climbing walls uh, upside down from the terrace. This is where you also get introduced to a new character of uh, Dr. Eli Eli Staple, uh, played by a great Sarah Paulson. The storytelling, though slow, is quite organic here with gradual build-up to a confrontation between the three leads and Dr. Staple. And this is a scene you see in the trailers and on the posters, where all of them are seated in their own, right now, muted color scheme. But they are still sitting there confronting uh, Dr. Staple. There's a lot of interesting concepts being thrown here, Uh, a belief in extraordinary abilities and uh, the superficiality of it all. A world that doesn't need these superpowers, it's quite similar to X-Men if you are are into those comic books, the need to correct these apparent delusions of grandeur and become normal and this is where the film enters its third act uh, with some action much needed action and the showdown so it's not actually a showdown but there's a build up to the large showdown which is which has its allusions to comic books and it's made to center around a tall building in in a downtown I think called Yokohama building uh, or something of that sort Uh, and this is where Shyamalan really bites into a conclusion that was almost it it took almost two decades in making and in his uh, signature style it is overall too soon uh, only to resurface in, in typical shamanisms, um, counter interconnections, expositions, paying off, some more theories to leave you heady and heavy with a lot of stuff to ponder over. Looking at the positives of Glass, the typical comic book elements, the titles, the naming, uh, uh, the overseer, the horde, the beast, Mr. Glass obviously, Dr. Staple, the sense of childlike wonder, the, the typical exclamation uh, points that happen in comic book panels, the kapow movements, uh, the typical strengths and weaknesses lists of superheroes and arch-villains, the monologues, the inner thought bubbles, though there's no uh, voiceover, over but, but you still see them, all, all, can almost feel them happening, and, and the hooded Bruce Willis faintly reminded me of Sin City. The attention to details that it, that this film has, has small elements, uh, the brittle uh, bone disease of, of Mr. Glass, osteogenesis imperfecta, concepts like American sublime, uh, the whole medical facility and uh, the staging of it, background elements like a comic book store, which appears uh, quite a few times in the film, uh, and some detailed philosophies that a comic book lover would respect. I love the story arc of Mr. Glass. He does get his due uh, much after Unbreakable. Some throwbacks to his childhood that kind of complete his origin story. Uh, There is a a fantastic reference of Dark Cyclone. David Dunn's dynamic with his son, as I said previously. Uh, I love the warmth that the film creates, a sense of comfort in urban spaces, places like an old school security shop. Shyamalan does believe in the world of 90s, uh, like, like a typical 70s or 80s kids. The camera angles, the kinetic energy of action sequences, the rotoscopy, some great action sequences, the rain, the train, the sweat, the occasional slow motion, and finally the secret society reveal. Looking at some of the negatives, uh, Kevin Crumb, so, uh, again, James McAvoy's uh, portrayal does get annoying after a point of time. Uh, although it does pay off in the end, but it's quite trying on the viewer, at least was for me. Over-explanations. When you make a film heavy on concepts, you would rather... Uh, I, I know it's a very fine line, but uh, in case of Glass, it, it does happen a bit too often, uh, dumbing down of the mainstream audience. The, the concepts are not familiar, they may, may not be familiar to everyone, but uh, I did feel that it, was, it could be a little more subtle at, uh, at, at many occasions. Uh, sequences that Mr. Glass should have been there, we see his mom. Uh, he doesn't even appear properly for almost an hour into the film, uh, being heavily sedated. Uh, and, and like I said, the film did lose me in its second act from the 20 to 40 minutes mark. Although the ending was satisfactory and left me with a lot to think on, I would have ended it at the Secret Society reveal uh, and not show the hopeful last scene that it does end, end at that. Uh, Shyamalan does give you a few sequences after the grand finale and the action sequence. And the Secret Society reveal is, is very nicely executed, it's very well Mounted almost reminded me of uh, some Batman books like uh, Dark Knight Rises, where where you do see that there is a society that takes care of hiding all the facts about uh, superhuman beings, uh, and and then that's it. Yeah, yeah you could have ended it right there. Um, so to conclude, uh, Glass is the cinematic equivalent of a nerdy goof goofy card trick. A passionate and original filmmaker's spiritual inquiry into a mainstream obsession of superheroes—the fascination with the, the superheroes in in all pop culture, uh, greater beings who will save us one day from the monotony of life and the inconsequentiality of it all. Uh, Glass oscillates between some fantastic sequences that are masterful in every way and some boring interludes. It's a welcome break from sequels and remakes, and despite being part of an own trilogy. It's highly original for its inventive writing and daring execution. It is hard to think of Glass not being based off a graphic novel. You're left with riddles, concepts, some lingering images, some memorable dialogues, and the sense of having seen something that leaves a mark, a hallmark of any great cinema.